Hello and a very warm welcome to our NICE guideline update podcast for December and January. Emma and I would firstly like to wish you a happy new year to you all. My name is Emma Smith and I'm an advanced nurse practitioner and the Director of Clinical Services and Quality for North Norfolk Primary Care. And I'm here again with my podcast partner, Emma Lambon. Hello, I'm Emma Lambon and I'm an advanced nurse practitioner and a non-executive director for North Norfolk Primary Care. This podcast is an 8 to 10 minute overview of any new or changed guidelines from NICE for the month of December and January, which are relevant to us all in primary care. And it's in conjunction with the NICE guideline monthly newsletter, which is distributed to all North Norfolk clinicians and beyond. Our monthly podcast can also be found on the North Norfolk Primary Care website at nnpc.info. So Emma, what is new or changed in December and January from NICE? So in December, there were very minimal updates in relation to primary care, but there was a quality standard relating to um, tobacco dependency and a draft guidance on wider use of statins. In January, there has been updates on the prevention and diagnosis of delirium, which focus on residential and care homes, um, chronic heart failure and an exciting progression with type 1 diabetes with an innovative way of managing those with very uncontrolled type 1 diabetes. Well, thanks, Emma. That sounds interesting. Shall we explore and discuss the updates on delirium, heart failure and the innovative technology in type 1 diabetes management first? Yeah, that sounds good. So having looked at the update on the assessment and diagnosis of delirium in primary and community care, there are new recommendations on carrying out the assessments using the 4AT after identifying possible indicators of delirium. Okay, thanks Emma. It might be useful for us just to talk through the indicators for delirium and just what that 4AT assessment is, please. Yeah, that would be really useful. So tell me what the indicators of, of delirium are, Emma. So delirium is defined as a serious disturbance in mental abilities that results in confused thinking and reduced awareness of the environment. It is a medical emergency and it can be prevented and it is treatable. Early intervention is the key to prevention. So in any patient who you've got who's over 65 has existing cognitive decline or impairment, if they are acutely ill, delirium should be a consideration. So there are three types of delirium. Hyperactive, which causes restlessness, irritability and agitation. Hypoactive, which is sedated, apathy or excessively sleepy. They may sleep or move around more slowly than normal. Or there's a mixed delirium, which just as the name says, is a mixture of the previous symptoms. There is some research to suggest that hypoactive delirium is more common than hyperactive delirium. Okay, thanks Emma. That's that's great a great overview of what, what it's all about. Um, so just to add the 4AT assessment, which NICE is recommending, it is a brief tool for delirium detection and is used in many, many countries. It um, uses a scale of scoring which covers alertness, um, a short memory assessment, attention and considers any changes or fu- fluctuations in alertness and mental function. A study um, was carried out in 2019 to assess the accuracy and clinical validity of the 4AT assessment and the results support the use of the 4AT as a delirium screening screening instrument that detects delirium with reasonable accuracy, although as a very brief tool, scores to be um, need to be verified by clinical judgment by suitably trained practitioners, perhaps in combination with additional assessments such as physical assessment, obviously. 
Um, this assessment tool can be used in any environment from a GP practice, care or nursing home or in a hospital. OK, that's great, Emma. Really clear. Thank you. And now let's move on to the updated guidance on chronic heart failure. One aspect of this has been around recommendations on the quality improvement of the availability and the use of NT Pro BNP blood test as part of the assessment for patients with heart failure. The recommendation is that clinic, clinicians in general practice ensure that they arrange and carry out an NT Pro BNP measurement. This blood test can confirm whether heart failure is likely when it's suspected on clinical symptoms where there is not an existing diagnosis. Once it's been carried out and the results indicate that cardiac failure is likely, the patient can be referred for specialist assessment and an echo and begin appropriate treatment at an earlier point in their illness and therefore lower their risk of hospitalisation or mortality. Other aspects of this is that the patient should have a review after two weeks of any changes to their medication and they should receive a six monthly full review. They are referred to and have access to a personalised rehabilitation programme. This is an MDT approach which involves the GP, practice nurse, specialist nurses and specialists in acute care. Brilliant, that sounds really, really sensible and should hopefully improve the outcomes of care for all those patients um, who are um, suspected of or actually diagnosed with heart failure. So um, let's just move on to the exciting innovations in type 1 diabetes and support for those with severely uncontrolled blood glucose levels. There is a new technology which has been described as an artificial pancreas. It's estimated that around 105,000 people could benefit from its use in the UK. It compromises of continuous uh, glucose monitoring sensor which attaches to the body. It transmits the data from the from um, the body worn insulin pump, sorry, to the body worn insulin pump, and works in combination to provide doses of insulin which will give um, healthy range of blood glucose levels on on for the patient. Um, this can also include a um, group of patients who are pregnant and are planning pregnancy, so it's really good that it includes those as well. Um, the draft recommendation require NHS England to agree a cost-effective price for the system on behalf of the relevant health bodies. And at present, the annual cost of this system is just £5,744 per patient. With the results seen from real-world real trials, the results have been notable and would reduce the risk of type 1 diabetes complications in the longer term. So hopefully we'll um, watch this space for it to be introduced into the UK. Wow, exciting developments, Emma. Brilliant. OK, so I think that's all we've probably got time for this month. Thanks ever so much for listening. And please do take a look at the NNPC website on www.nnpc.info for further links to our previous podcasts and access to the monthly newsletters if you don't receive it by email. So bye for now. We'll be back next month with more nice updates for you all. Take care. Bye. Bye.